Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. And just like that, we are in springtime, baby. Opening day last week. Baseball is in full effect. And and we are just mere weeks away from the 2023 NFL draft. Oh, buddy, it's it's time to start getting excited. I know I'm getting excited. I now have two rookie drafts in the pocket. Finished up with the Alchemists. One and two rookie drafts just this last weekend. I uh I came away with some guys that I uh I am infatuated with. I love I love these guys. I uh missed on a a fair few too. Uh got got pretty badly sniped on a on a Zay Flowers pick. Shout out to uh Cell 4DB in the Alchemist One League. Thoroughly rocked me at the 111. Uh, right before my pick at 112 by taking Zay Flowers, who I, oh, I had him in my grasp, man. And uh, just to put salt in the wound, I tried to go after uh, Zay Flowers, see if we could work anything out between me and uh, self 4 DB. But ah, uh, he he knows what he has. Unfortunately, he uh was not into selling Zay Flowers. So another league, I won't be able to partake in the Zay Flowers. Unfortunately, as much as I do like him. But wasn't going to take him at 107 over my man Zach Charbonnet, who uh, Mike K1 and I gushed over on last week's episode. Uh, happy to get him at the 107. I I truly believe that he has a chance to pull away as the unanimous RB3 in this class. I think draft capital will play a big part there. But I like him. I like the kid. So glad to have him on the squad. But I guess before that, uh, the two kind of a uh, home run picks that I I chose. Uh I ended up with the 102 and 103 in this year's Alchemist draft and uh I just went bang boom took CJ Stroud who who is almost inarguably at this point becoming the safest uh rookie quarterback coming into the league and uh 103 I just uh took a little bit of AR little Anthony Richardson so uh, I got my my safe floor guy on a team that needed QB, and I got a chance at a uh, Lamar Jackson-esque, perhaps, uh, league-breaking player in AR. So glad to have him on board the squad as well. Meanwhile, in Alchemist 2, uh, I had the 104, and uh, guess who I took? Made it a little easier that CJ Stroud wasn't there, but uh, I took Anthony Richardson there as well i i thought long and hard about jsn 
Um, I also thought about Jameer Gibbs because I think that team could have perhaps used a little more help in both the receiving and the running back game. But when I think about AR's upside, man, I just, it's hard to not pull a trigger, especially at a uh, sort of a fall for me uh, being at 104 because I would uh, obviously take him at 103. But pull the trigger on him, end up with Kyler Murray, Tua, and Anthony Richardson on my team there. Obviously playing with fire a little bit with all three of those guys. But upside, man, I love the upside. And besides the two rookie drafts, as some of you might be well aware of, we kicked off a brand new RPG league to the universe this year. RPG Knights, kind of a, a more traditional PPR Superflex one-point tight end premium league. Uh, doesn't have the the double tight end start or eight flexes or anything like that. No, uh, no bonus points, no return points, no punt yards, all of that RPG weirdness. We kind of decided to keep this one rather uh, vanilla. And I got to tell you, with all the fun, weird rules we typically have, it was interesting. So uh, that that draft is ongoing, but, you know, I like my team uh, thus far, and I'm actually on the clock right now. So I will make this pick live. Started out with Bijan on this team. I decided that uh, I would just go youth and upside uh, for this one. I, I don't expect I'll be necessarily competing this year. I might have uh, the choice to if some of my guys hit. But uh, as it stands right now, we are in the 15th round and I have, you know, at quarterback, CJ Stroud, Brock Purdy, Will Levis. Um, so, you know, kind of risky there, but hopefully CJ is as safe as I think he may be. And either Brock Purdy or Will Levis is able to uh, at least get me those QB2 floor points. Like I said, keeping it young, got Bijan, Javante Williams, Garrett Wilson, George Pickens went a little bit heavier on the age with Evan Ingram, but I like him uh, to have a chance at, at being a top five tight end again this year, maybe top six. We'll, we'll see, but you know, follow that up with Damien Pierce. got Hollywood Brown, got David Montgomery starting to see the trend here. You know, Gabe Davis, Joshua Palmer, went a little old on Cortland Sutton, but generally speaking, I'm picking guys that uh, next year, if I do need to reload and hopefully this this team sucks enough to give me a, a top three pick and uh, I can get one of the guys that I'm really excited about for next year whether it's the top two QBs or Marvin Harrison Jr. So I'm, I'm liking the look of the team uh, but I am on the clock like I said so I have to make a decision here and granted I have the one tight end and that is it I'm looking at guys like you know Trey McBride, Isaiah Likely, who I know Eric really likes, Noah Fant, who want to be the Hawks homer. And beyond that, it's getting a little rough on tight end, but it also just kind of tends to happen with tight end. I think I'm going to pull the trigger on something uh, and might be a bit of a reach, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and lock it in and then... You all can uh, choose to judge me if need be. But I'm going to pick a guy here that I still have a, a, a suspicion that he could end up being 
all but the three down back for his team who has an elite O-line. I think he's got plenty of upside, still young, still uh, able to play within my little rules I set for myself here with with taking guys that are still very, very young. I am going to go ahead and lock myself into some Kenny Gainwell. You know, uh, Rashad Penny signs this anemic one-year deal worth no money, and Kenny Gainwell's got juice, and maybe it's just a sneaking suspicion being a Hawks fan that watched Rashad Penny just kind of um, never able to stay on his two feet, uh, never able to finish out a healthy season. But uh, I'm not really sold in that a 27, 28-year-old Rashad Penny on the Eagles is going to do much better. So if, when (laughs) Rashad Penny goes down, as long as the Eagles don't ruin me by drafting uh, a B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs to their team in the draft, then I still like Kenny Gainwell, especially here in the 15th round. So I will uh, sign him on to uh, my Knights team here. But anyway, enough about my teams. I can I can hear it already. I can see all the Spotify comments that you are all just viciously hurling at our, our poor, poor podcast. It's just a lot of, Corey took too long to get to the anchor ad. Where's the anchor ad? That's what I came for. I okay I understand I hear you guys loud and clear won't delay it any further please enjoy our very very good anchor ad and uh, thank you for listening and also enjoy the podcast buddy how's it going <laughs> were you hearing baseball in the background no i i heard it sounded kind of like a ghost so i got a little spooked but then i noticed it was you <laughs> oh okay sounds good hi how are we doing bud uh, oh I'm, I'm alive you uh you catch that florida sunshine yeah very much so it uh it was hot it was yeah. humid and it was uh miserable from a temperature standpoint, everything everything else was great. Hanging out at Disney World and stuff, that's always the worst part is the weather. But everything else about it is pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it was like 85 to 90 with like 80% humidity every single day. Oh, my goodness. And it's just like, you know, when there's tons of people around you, like it's just hot and uncomfortable. And you're just like, well, all right, here we go. Yes, chilling up here still, literally chilling at a, a crisp 45 in uh, springtime in Washington. <laughs> Dude, I would absolutely love 45. It's 81 here right now. Oh, yeah, that's that's too hot. Like we, we get uh-huh. our spikes in like uh, August is when we'll get a couple of, uh, you know, high 80s, low 90s. But I'm I'm very lucky in terms of the weather for the most part when it's not wintertime. Yeah, th- this coming weekend we're dipping back down into the into the low 60s, and I'm like ecstatic about it. I'm sure. 
so you obviously, I mean, you're watching baseball right now while we pod. I have to imagine. I mean, you got to be stoked. Opening day last week, finally kicked off. Yep, very much so. Being a uh, big baseball fan, lifelong baseball fan, um, it's definitely a uh, very nice thing to see that baseball is back. I'm very excited about the season. I'm not sure I know your team. What What's your team? Phillies. Phillies. That makes sense. Okay. Yep. Yep. A good old 0-4 start. So, you know, starting off really well. Mariners uh, 1-4, so not too far behind you. <laughs> but all in due time. You know, the good news mm-hmm. is it's a uh, very long season. Indeed. Yeah. It really got put into uh, perspective for me when I heard the total. I think I was watching McAfee show and, and some guests on there was like, yeah, just like, 2000 something games left to go and i'm like oh no that's that's a lot of baseball oh yeah but yeah yeah i'm I'm excited for it went to went to a game uh on sunday for my birthday had had a fun time even though it was a it was a tough loss it ended up being i think six to five and uh it was just a battle like every inning was a battle it was like oh we took the lead oh we fell behind oh we took the lead oh we fell behind and then just just couldn't squeeze it out to the end at the end there so uh, unfortunate, but fun day overall. So yeah, happy to see baseball kicking off. And I mean, baseball isn't necessarily what we uh, usually discuss here, but we got some some fun football kicking off here uh, pretty soon too with the NFL draft, which I, again, am sure you are ecstatic for being a big college football guy. Oh yeah, very, very excited for the NFL draft as always. Um, I definitely don't tap Justin a fantasy football podcast or anything like that you know i definitely tap into nfl draft podcasts as well and try and listen and kind of round out my uh comparisons round out my my understanding and kind of look at things in a, a little bit of a different light from time to time so yeah i i think that it'll just be on on my side just seeing where the guys that i've seen you know in these in these mock drafts go like seeing where they actually end up uh, is something I'm l- really looking forward to because it, as of this year, I think I've looked at the most mock drafts that I've ever looked at <laughs> before in my life. And so I've gotten all of the different spectrums of opinions and stuff. And now I'm just at the point where I'm like, okay, that's that's cool and all. What is actually going to happen? <laughs> because it was also about, you know, this time last year where uh, the world was wrong about Malik Willis and, uh, and others. So I, I'm very excited to see where you know especially the fantasy relevant guys but you know just just the big that big first round where everyone uh shakes out to go so getting excited about that and doesn't it almost feel like the malik willis situation from last year kind of just throws a giant cloud over what's going to happen in the nfl draft and you're just like it wouldn't surprise me if anybody goes number one or if some guy that we completely don't expect to slip to round two slips to round two Oh, totally. It seems like maybe teams very recently, I think they were good at it before, but it seems like very recently teams have gotten extremely good at the smoke screen and just like the the media, like uh, shaking things up and, and, and thinking teams are going to zag and then they zig like the teams seem like they've maybe gotten that down to uh, almost like a science with just how unpredictable things have gotten. Because like you said, you know, we can we can extrapolate all we want and, and think these guys are going to go uh, top top 10, top 15. But at the end of the day, NFL is going to NFL. And they they certainly know things that we just don't and, and can't. Um, 
right off the top of my head, the guy that, that comes to mind for me is like Sean Tucker, because you have to imagine NFL teams know about Sean Tucker's like injury thing, right? Or like why he's not participating. Like, I, I feel like NFL teams probably have some sort of idea, some sort of answer there, if not him just explicitly telling them, but that not not circulating to, you know, us, us everyday man. Uh, we, we don't get that that pertinent information. Um, so, yeah, when it comes down to it, man, day of the draft, who the hell knows what is going to actually happen? Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how it how it really plays out. I mean, Sean Tucker has been one of the probably biggest disappointments um, in in a bunch of mock drafts. Looking at it, and you're just like, you don't see him mocked in day one. Don't see him mocked in day two, which you don't expect day one, but you don't see him mocked in day two. And That's then you tough. start looking yeah. at day day three, and it's like not a ton of guys have mock drafts out there that are you know day three rounds. They don't have the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh um, round picks in there. And you start looking at the running backs and it's like you start getting a little bit of an idea of who is going to be the guys that the NFL seems to be liking. Um, You see it from the measurables. You see it from everything that's coming out. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely sucks because it's a guy that a lot of people were very high on. Uh, especially in fantasy communities, uh, seeing what he did at Syracuse and going into this final season. And uh, yeah, it's looking looking like he's probably not going to get the draft capital that everybody wanted. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a tough scene for him, for sure. Hoping that, you know, even if he's taken late, maybe he lands to a good spot uh, and can kind of show us what we were hoping to see from him. But yeah, the draft capital always just that that sucks. You want these guys to get drafted early and high so that the team commits to them. So, you know, beyond him, we we definitely have like the QBs that are going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Rumblings about Anthony Richardson going number one overall to the Panthers, but also like that would be crazy because CJ Stroud is probably the guy and the safest guy. But if they see the, the upside boom of Richardson and want to, you know, try to go for the home run, I, I don't hate it. it it's definitely a, a strategy. Um, and so I'm very excited. I'm sure you are too, because I think you have a bet for it, but excited to see who is the first QB to come off the draft board there. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely have a little bit of money on uh, Richardson from a long time ago uh, to be the number one overall pick. And then also to be the first quarterback off the board. Um, so both of those, both of those tickets um, and it would be a very, nice payday if that were to happen yeah no i'm sure like those those odds must have been real sweet especially if you got them early i i suspect they have gone down a lot <laughs> yeah they they must they must definitely have i mean I, I got in on first quarterback off the board at 60 to 1 and i got oh. in on number one overall pick at 90 to 1 oh buddy all right so. i'm pulling for you that's that's uh that is a payday hell yeah okay all right. Well, I mean, hey, they they could certainly do it. It's like we said, anything could happen. But the uh, the rumblings, and and just you know what he brings to the table, Panthers, I'm sure would love to give Cam uh, Cam Newton 2.0 a chance. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But you know, we we definitely have some time here, and I'm sure the next couple of shows will be mostly talking about rookies and NFL draft. So before we dive deep into that. 
We're going to, you know, kind of run through the news. And then uh, we had some win totals get officially released. And so we'll go over those because looking at them, I am definitely seeing some some potential value to be found here, making some bets based on like kind of how you see certain events shaking out for these teams, especially with these these plus numbers. And I think it'll be really interesting. You know, we do this now before the NFL draft, kind of making some predictions, making some projections, projectability, kind of where they're going to go in the draft, what they're going to do, um, all of that. And there definitely can be some really good value found. Um, I know, Corey, you saw my Eagles to win the division ticket last year before the NFL draft. And I got that at like plus 375. And by the time yeah. the season started, I mean they they were sitting all the way down at like plus one sixty, one seventy. It was it was a no brainer pick by like week four, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, okay, the Eagles are going. That this is what's happening. They are too good. You can't stop them. Uh, and then their defense is going to stop you every time. So yeah, I I think it'll be really interesting for us to do this exercise, kind of run through it now, and then we can definitely look back uh, once the season comes around and maybe right before the season starts, you know, we can look at the, look at the lines again, look at the numbers and just kind of see where we're at. If we still kind of agree with the assessment of what we had previously, uh, or if we completely changed our mind based off of injuries that may have happened, uh, draft picks that may have happened, trades that may have happened, um, all of that. Yeah. I mean, certainly the, there's, there's these, big big time events that we're all kind of waiting on with bated breath that you know uh not to give too much of a preview but the the ravens and the jets kind of come to mind of like i would really love to uh once all the dust settles go back and see you know what we said but also what the the total changes to from uh that kind of thing so uh before we do all of that there is a, a little bit of news not much we kind of hit a slower period i feel like for for off season where it's already kind of slow um there was just kind of a few things that i picked out that are kind of interesting to talk about you know uh, i'll i'll definitely preface the the kind of because like you know first thing on the list here ravens apparently offered uh, odell beckham junior contract cool um i i am on the side of like i don't think they're going to get any big free agent signings until they reveal to the world what is going on with Lamar Jackson and if he'll be on the team. I have to imagine that that is a large reason why Odell will or will not <laughs> join the Ravens. So, and I feel like this isn't the first time we've heard this too with the Ravens. Um, Darius Slay was the last one I, I can recall where he was like about to be a Raven and then was like, nah, that's cool. I'll, I'll go back to the Eagles, which you can't really blame him too much. You know, Eagles will be another uh, easily contending team, but without Lamar Jackson at the helm, I mean, do you kind of concur that we're just, we're probably not going to see any sort of big free agent signings to the Ravens until that's cleared up? Yeah, I think it, I think it'd be very tough for an offensive player to go sign with the Ravens, um, mainly because of the uncertainty at quarterback. Um, I, I mean, unless they're just looking for a payday, that that's the only way that I could see a player signing with them. But if they actually want to win a championship and want to be competitive um, without knowing that information, I don't see how they sign. It is pretty wild that, I mean, it sort of makes sense. But when you think about the the timeline of everything and just how drawn out it's been, 
uh it's it's kind of wild but again it sort of makes sense in the se- in the fact that like we're probably not going to get anything and and teams would be smart to not do anything until after the draft because especially if you know you have a high draft pick this year in the first you're not going to want to necessarily give that up to get Lamar Jackson like why don't you wait till after the draft and then if you can go trade for Lamar you think that your next pick uh in 2024 might be pretty low because you have Lamar Jackson now so kind of makes sense in in that respect that probably just not going to get any news here until after the draft, which, you know, Lamar Jackson sitting on a trade request for like three months now is kind of brutal, but is what it is. Okay. And then, you know, beyond that, there was, it's just rumor mill from here on, basically, you know, there was the rumor that the Titans are exploring a trade to get up to the number three pick from the Cardinals, which would kind of inherently suggest that they are attempting to target a QB, which would kind of make sense given Tannehill is, you know, pretty mid and not young and Malik Willis looks very, very raw and maybe never ready to be a starter uh, as of his outing last year. So, I mean, to me, when I read this, I was like, you know, it all makes sense who I would suspect they are trying to go after. To me, it makes sense that they would be going after Anthony Richardson as like the hopeful for number three, given that they, in my mind, I guess I'm drawing a corollary between them taking Malik Willis, even as like, you know, a flyer third round pick or whatever, but they were going after a guy who has that like dual threat ability. Um, They're just getting like the Megatron version of that in Anthony Richardson, if they go for him. Um, So is that, do you think that that is realistic? Um, Do you feel that same beat of like, if they do that, it's probably for AR? So for the most part, I, I think it is more so that they are just kind of doing their due diligence. Um, there was also rumors that circulated that the Cardinals wanted basically the same offer uh, that the Bears got for the first overall pick for the third overall pick, which throws some hesitation into it. Well, they're not getting DJ Moore. <laughs> They can't get DJ Moore. Right. That's one. That's not one of the options. <laughs> I, I find it. I find it a little hard pressed mm-hmm. uh, to believe that the Cardinals are going to get that type of offer. Um, so definitely interesting in in that facet of it. I would fully expect, though, from what I've been seeing and and hearing, I guess, in in town with some beat writers and whatnot, um, that the Titans are going to try and run it back this year. Um, they're really not going to put a ton of assets and mortgage the future uh, right now. And they're going to kind of go for a reset next year. That, that makes sense too. Yeah, that makes sense too. I mean, I don't think that they have enough to do that, but they, they are in a relatively uh, easy division, I guess. Um, They, they, they could try to go for it. Uh, Derek Henry. I mean, don't want to bet against him. But that's kind of the end of their their proven talent list as of right now. But yeah, I, I mean, I get it in a certain sense of like, you know, if you really do kind of tank this year, the uh, the QB talent next year is a little more solid, uh, we would think, as of right now. So maybe they uh, try to go for one of those guys. But yeah, beyond that, I mean, let's talk about a team that, also traded up for the number three spot uh, a couple of years ago uh, with San Francisco because, man, their QB 
escapades are just mind wrinkling. I, I, do, I don't understand. So there were rumors. And again, these are all rumors. There could be absolutely nothing to these, but I saw it pop up and it was talked about apparently at the uh, big like coach meeting owners meeting thing that they had in Indianapolis uh, where the, the hubbub was that Kirk cousins was, uh, was talking uh, about being traded to the 49ers, which in a certain sense, uh, I get that because I feel like Shanahan's perfect QB is basically Kirk Cousins of just like a guy that will just do the thing averagely and not make big game ending mistakes. Uh, But then to follow that up, there was a report, I think as of today, through another rumor that uh, if the uh, Jets deal with Rodgers falls through, that the 49ers are interested in acquiring Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, what, what are they, what, what are they doing, man? They have Trey Lance, they bring in Sam Darnold, they still have Brock Purdy, even though, you know, kind of a beat up elbow. We'll see how he recovers from that. But then these rumors come swirling in. Like, is this full smoke screen like shanahan is playing 40 chess with us like what 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 do you think is going on here is there any sort of realistic chance that kirk cousins or aaron Rodgers are a 49ers quarterback i i think there's a lot of people out there that are peddling the narrative because of the fact that shanahan was the oc uh for washington when kirk was there and kirk was just starting out his career um, and Kirk definitely attributes a lot of his success to Shanahan. So I think there's a lot of people peddling that. Um, but do I think it's it's accurate? No. I, I think they have way too many quarterbacks. I think they have too much money invested in the position, too much capital invested in the position, and uh, I just I don't see another move happening at the position. I think the... Um... The word money there is is the important one for me because they also just don't seem like you know with with everything they've already invested in their QB room that they have now and everyone else that they are paying on that team to go after a Kirk Cousins or an Aaron Rodgers that is another big dip in the money pool. Uh, I just don't see that as being likely, and I really hope that's not the case because San Francisco with a competent QB. Uh, let's just stay away from that as a Hawks fan. I, I I would prefer that they flounder for a while. If anything, Trey Lance becomes something, that'd be great because I have some Trey Lance stocks. But uh, besides that, let's maybe let's maybe just have him flounder around for a couple of years while the Hawks sort of reload. That would be fine for me. Um, but speaking of QBs being shopped, report out again, uh, I think yesterday or the day before maybe that uh, Mac Jones is allegedly being shopped to a, n- a number of teams. I think the the Buccaneers and the Raiders were on that list. Raiders kind of make sense. Uh, Mac Jones and and uh, McDaniel's reuni- reunites uh, kind of make sense. But um, is this another? I mean, we we kind of know Belichick as a guy that, in a certain sense, if if you're not winning and succeeding and playing like balls to the wall football, you just get replaced. Like that has happened to a number of his guys. So what do you think the chances are that Mac Jones does get traded? Do you think that this is uh, something that, that might happen? 
The simple answer is I have absolutely no idea. Bill does Bill Bel- Bill does Bill Belichick things, and it's only compounded by the fact that he has Bob as his offensive coordinator now, and he's as much of a wild card as Bill is. Like, just that entire staff right there for an offensive side of the football is just complete wild cards. Does it seem kind of weird? I don't know if you agree with this, but thinking about it, it almost feels like anywhere Mac Jones could like realistically go where a team needs a QB, he's he's going to a better spot than on the Patriots. It, it really does feel like that. You know, just the, the top two off my head that were actually listed as, you know, a part of this rumor were the Raiders and the Buccaneers and golly almighty, like the, those are both huge upgrades, I feel like for Mac Jones. So if, I mean, I, I think I could only expect his draft stock goes up if he does get traded. Uh, and then unless there's a QB coming back or some sort of top draft pick, I would expect everyone on the Patriots side of the ball uh, to go down in their fantasy rankings because Bailey Zappi, is that really what we're doing? I don't know about that one. So uh, definitely an interesting storyline. I think could realistically definitely happen. I don't know what the chances are that it would, but I think it definitely could just knowing what we know about Bill Belichick and the Patriots and just their whole sort of steez could certainly happen. And then kind of going alongside the Patriots news talking about Hopkins, man, I, I think we were texting about it a couple of days ago and just like the fact that he could get released was, was a report that came out from not a super corroborated source. I think it was like ML football on Twitter and they've been wrong before on things they're a little sensationalist so take it with a grain of salt but came out that they wouldn't trade for hopkins because they they didn't want to pay what the cardinals were asking and admittedly we've we've heard that it's kind of a lot that they're asking for uh for a you know 30 31 year old running uh wide receiver but the report that i saw today on on reddit is that the patriots allegedly would not send any draft pick compensation for hopkins they would not send any <laughs> draft pick compensation. So what does that mean? Like, are we, it, it feels weird to say that Hopkins might get released. That seems really, really weird considering I still think he's got some juice, but when I read that, it sort of signaled to me that this could actually happen. If teams just really aren't able, like willing or able to send anything, not a sixth, not a seventh, nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little crazy. I mean, you look at the contract and it's a little bit of an albatross. Um, but the fact of how productive he was, um, even in the last season after he came back from the, the suspension, I mean, he was incredibly effective. So it shows that he still has juice. Still, it shows that he's still useful to a team. And he did a lot of the things that we have come to expect year in and year out, out of Hopkins. Yeah, uh, definitely would be a shock. Uh, I don't know if you caught the uh, hard knocks, the in-season one with the Cardinals. It was really sad. It was a really sad series uh, to watch because it was week after week of specifically Hopkins, like having hope and, and, you know, wanting to get back on the field and, you know, we'll win next week, we'll win next week, we'll win next, and just not ever winning. And you, you feel for him in a certain sense because he he's still, like, he has shown and proven that he's a super, super talented dude. 
But uh, at this age, it's a really rough age to kind of like kickstart your career again. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm sure that if he gets released, he'll be picked up by somebody. But crazy to think that no teams would give anything for him. I wonder if that is sort of a signal in a certain sense of of the inevitable end here for Hopkins, which would just be tragic. But okay, I mean that was basically it. I really had to scratch the uh, the surface here for some some news items because yeah, it was it just seemed kind of barren out there uh, for all the stuff that we've already kind of discussed at length. I don't want to get into Aaron Rodgers again. <laughs> I don't want to dive deep on Lamar Jackson again. <laughs> like we're just we're in a waiting pattern. That's all we can do. But I do want to just mention quickly as a fun news item uh, that apparently there were some talks this year about the the starting of discussions of maybe a up to four team European NFL expansion where they would add four teams with, I think it was like four to 5 billion like uh, spend on, on each team where they would put four more teams in the NFL that would be located in Europe. And I just want to get, your beat on that and see how you feel about that. And uh, if you have any countries or cities in mind or mascots, that would be fun to see in a European league. Yeah. I mean, okay. So city wise, the, the first ones that kind of come to mind are Munich, Paris, London. And I think Rome would be really freaking cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. I, I feel that I, I was actually having trouble too with the fourth one because I all of the ones that you said already those those are pretty chalk you know for me at least because those are games where or cities where like games have happened other than Paris I think that's right right they haven't played in Paris <laughs> but they should yeah. it'd be awesome but yeah and then Rome that's a great call I hadn't thought of that one but that that seems right it seems like the the like a big destination spot that could certainly have some some stadium traffic. They just they name the the stadium the new Coliseum. They bring in the uh, <laughs> the Roman Romans. Dude, just think about calling them the Gladiators. That's already money. That's already so yeah. That is very money. Um, no, I think you nailed the the cities for sure. But I mean, man, that would be rough in terms of like travel. I have to imagine for the teams like if they have these four teams. Like we're we're already hearing about players not enjoying the uh you know once a year trip to like London or Munich or whatever. Like talking about four teams and the like regular rotation that teams have to travel to. Oh boy, that could be uh that could be a little rough. That almost makes me think that they would have to start going to more of a increased weekly schedule. Like they'd start having games on like Tuesday, Wednesday, just to like make scheduling work better. I mean, yeah, you think about that. I mean, teams, historically, teams already do worse when they're traveling from the West Coast to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So just imagine going from the West Coast over to Germany. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to imagine it. I saw the Seahawks play the Buccaneers there, and it was bad. (laughs) It was very bad. We We were not ourselves. And this was a, like, last year Tom Brady team that we like kind of narrowly lost to. And I think we could have definitely won if it wasn't for that dang jet lag. Uh, But anyway, 
Uh, that's just a fun thing. I mean, I'll keep tabs on that for sure because just any addition, any team addition to the NFL is so massively huge in the implications that like we have to keep tabs on that. I guess they would probably be like their own division, right? If they're starting four, if they started four teams there, you'd have to imagine they just create like Europe West or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, but, but I mean, how how do you do that at that point? Because now you're adding a fifth, div- you're adding a fifth division to the AFC or right. NFC. That's so true. So. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have to do like two and two, but even that gets muddy. Like, I don't know that. Yeah, that is that is strange. But OK, getting to the meat of things here. Uh, like we said before, we're going to go over the uh, projected win totals for all of the teams in the AFC and just, you know, try to find where there's some value here. Try to see if like, you know, we necessarily uh, have strong opinions either way on on these totals. And yeah, I, I have them grouped up right now by division so we can you know start at the top here. And I, I think that it's actually fun that the top one is one of the more interesting ones to talk about with the Baltimore Ravens having an over under of eight and a half. You know, I, I think that this is a very volatile number, man. The the moment we get Lamar Jackson news, this this number either uh, goes up by quite a lot or goes down by quite a lot. So uh, I guess the, the bet here, I mean, under eight and a half for for buck twenty feels kind of good if you're betting that Lamar is going to sit or get traded, which has to be kind of the most likely scenario now. I think it would be really weird to see Lamar suit up for the Ravens this year after everything that's happened. It could definitely happen, but it, I I feel very strange about that outcome. Yeah, I'm I'm very much with you, Corey. I mean, I, I see plus money on a team that could potentially be losing their starting quarterback and their star quarterback. Um, you would hope that they would be able to use the draft pick compensation uh, that they're going to be getting back for him in a positive way to be able to revamp the team. But rookies are still rookies. They still have time to assimilate, assimilate into the NFL. It's not a drop dead situation where you're just like, well, this guy's going to come in and be an immediate impact starter. You expect that out of your first round guys, but not all first round guys are made the same. So you're instituting a new offense as well with Munkin coming in. So if Lamar says, well, the heck with this, I'm just going to sit and I'm not going to do anything for the team. Well, now he's behind the eight ball and learning the offense. Munkin doesn't know if he's going to have his starting quarterback or not. So how does he plan accordingly um, to be able to to make everything work? Yeah, I pretty much lockstep with you there. I, I would even go further and say, you know, I'm looking at the teams that they have to play twice a year, too. And to me... <laughs> I mean, they will probably win a couple, maybe one or two, I think maybe at the most, because Bengals, Browns, Steelers, just what they have right now, especially if Lamar Jackson sits or gets traded or whatnot, um, but even kind of kind of with Lamar Jackson without any like serious additions to like 
the the offense or defense if they don't accumulate any draft capital and kind of have to just stick with the god i'm almost at the point where i'm taking all the other teams in their division over them um the steelers would probably be the the odd man out there but i still think that the steelers have like pretty decent defense and i would expect kenny pickett to probably take a step forward i i'm not a believer that he'll take a huge one but he'll you know coming out of of a rookie year i i would expect that he would do better this coming season so when i when i keep that in mind i mean that that is potentially five or six games lost right there which yeah makes me even even greatly uh like the the buck 20 on their under 805 even even that much more but yeah you know like i said before that's that's basically lamar lamar jackson is the big question there what is not a question for me is if the Bengals can get uh over 11 and a half wins because i think they definitely can that would probably be still maybe a tough bet for me to place because I think that's maybe right where they're at. I think 12, 13 wins sounds right. They got 12 last year. And so that, that would make sense to me. This seems like a pretty sharp line. Um, I'm wondering if you have differing thoughts. I think the only big change they could maybe see coming is like perhaps a loss of Joe Mixon. And maybe that, you know, is tough. They already lost some Andre P Ryan. So they're a little, you know, a little underweight there in terms of the the running backs, unless they they go after someone, uh, which they certainly can. But yeah, other than that, there's not much different here. Other than I think they improved a little bit on the uh, O line and maybe lost a few. They lost a few safeties, so so maybe their their secondary is a little worse. But yeah, what what do you think about the eleven and a half? Yeah, so I, I think that was going to be my biggest question: is how does the back end of the defense play um, with losing both both safeties? Uh, and having to to reinstitute two new safeties uh, on the back end, I think there could be some miscommunication. Um, I know Jonah Williams is not happy with the Orlando Brown signing. Yeah. Um, Orlando Brown should help the offense. Um, I still question whether he should really be a left tackle. I still think he should be a right tackle in the league. Um, but that's for smarter people than me to determine. So uh, at plus money, I think it's really interesting because um, if I'm remembering correctly, the Bengals haven't won back-to-back-to-back division championships. So obviously if they win 12 games, I think it, they're, they're pretty much a lock at that point for the division if they win 12 games. Um, would I bet this line right now? Probably not. Um, typically when you see lines that are 11 and a half, 12 and a half, those lines typically don't move uh, as the offseason progresses. Um, and if you take it now, I think you're opening yourself up to potential injury uh, that could happen in the preseason, could happen in the offseason, uh, could happen in training camp, OTAs, anything of that nature. Um, so I think at this point that would be a hold and something I would reevaluate closer to the season. Yeah, I, I maybe I, I don't actually expect this to happen, but maybe you check the line again if there is a Joe Mixon release or, or trade or what have you. I don't think it'll drop a point. That seems kind of wild for just Joe Mixon leaving and it dropping a full point. But, you know, maybe worth a look then. But yeah, other, otherwise, I, I pretty much agree with you. Uh, probably a hold on that one. They they have a pretty sharp line there. But um, yeah, going going down the list here next would be the Browns over eight and a half 
and the over eight and a half is pretty juiced at minus 140 under eight and a half is is buck 20 and yeah i mean look that the browns had a pretty tough season with you know deshaun watson coming in two two and a half three years removed from football i don't remember exactly how long it was before he took a his last snap before starting for them but it was a while and he comes in and he looks rusty and it, it sort of makes sense you know he doesn't have the chemistry yet he doesn't have the uh the kind of non-football uh attitude and, and shape shaked off yet you know it's still definitely possible that he shows that he is still the elite player that that he was when he was on the texans uh and for that reason i i kind of expect the juice here at eight and a five eight and five because i i think that it's pretty likely that they can get uh, eight or nine wins uh, this season so you know at that juice I'm probably not taking it but I, I don't think I would bet on them with with eight or under wins what about you yeah I um, think this is definitely a line that I'm going to stay away from um, I have no clue what to expect out of Deshaun Watson and with having no clue what to expect out of him I have no clue what is reasonable for them so I'm just going to stay away and I almost feel similarly about the the Pittsburgh Steelers line, which is basically the same without the juice on the over. Um, you know, the under is, is minus 105. Uh, you know, I like I said before, I would expect, I'm not a big picket truther. I've, I've always said, like, I, I'm not huge on picket, but I would bet on he at least plays better this year where he is the day one starter rather than this weird, Ooh, is it going to be Mason Rudolph? Ooh, is it going to be Mitch Trubisky? Uh, no, they're they're going to obviously have Kenny Pickett locked in there. You know, he'll have the whole offseason to be QB1. I think that, yeah, I looking at their win total last year, I mean, they got nine wins, even with all of that weird QB kerfuffle. So I'm almost tempted here to say I, I might lay a little bit on the over eight and a half and the chances of them doing better than last year, I, I think are fairly high. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm very much with you on that. Um, one of the big things to, to remember is Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season. So he is That's so wild. A coach. He, he gets a lot out of his players and you start, you start figuring it out and you look at it and you're like, well, okay, hopefully they have a healthy TJ Watt for most of the season. They hopefully have a healthy Minka. Like just those two players make the defense exponentially better. Um, and then they added Holcomb um, at linebacker, which is a relatively big signing. They added uh, Ojabu or uh, Ogu Ogu. Uh, oh my gosh, Ogunjobi. Uh, yes, Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, on the defensive line, they added Patrick Peterson, who at this point is probably in the back three of his career he's definitely nearing the very very end of his career but they needed help at corner um and they went out and got it they still have good draft capital to be able to address additional needs on the team you look at the wide receivers and you think that they're going to take a step forward you'll get fire thinking he's going to take a step forward you look at the offensive line starting to gel at the end of last year as they did and then they added herbig um at guard for him which is more of in my opinion a depth piece um to give him a little bit more depth on the interior offensive line um so i like that um and then they also added uh suamalu um from the eagles so that's a guard piece that should be a starting guard 
Um, he's a really good run blocker, so hopefully they just kind of run the crap out of Najee this year. Um, hopefully Najee's healthy. I mean, I think we all knew he was dealing with the Liz Frank last year. Um, so that definitely slowed him down. We definitely saw that in his game. So hopefully he comes back a little bit healthy. And even if Pickett is a mid-level NFL quarterback, the defense is decent enough and the offense has plenty of weapons to be able to get the ball to that I, I, as soon as I saw the eight and a half, I immediately knew that I wanted to take the over. Yeah. Hearing, hearing you break it all down like that, you know, I was already pretty much there, albeit, you know, slightly snagged on the fence, but yeah, you, you definitely hit all the key points and uh, yeah, that, that seems like a, a pretty decent bet. They, they definitely seem like they should be on the uptrend. Well, that will do it for AFC North. Um, moving on here to AFC East uh, with the Buffalo Bills with the over under of 10 and a half. Uh, 10 and a half is minus 125 and under 10 and a half is is plus 105. Um, you know, they, they got 13 wins last year. Uh, and I think that this is actually one of those sneaky lines that there might be some baked into this already, or it might be something to monitor if Aaron Rodgers does actually go to the Jets and suddenly they are dealing with uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> uh, twice a year rather than Zach Wilson, uh, because that's the only other Jets QB on the roster right now. <laughs> I just want to quickly, because you weren't here for this last week, but just I, I talked about this with Mike about the possibility of Aaron Rodgers not going to the Jets at this point and just how funny that is. <laughs> Poor Jets. <laughs> it's just Zach Wilson and no one else. Yeah, uh, uh, that would be a, a Karen Rogers special right there. Yeah, it certainly was. He's like, uh, no, I'm retired actually. It's like, oh, are you, are you kidding me? Okay, uh, but yeah, so over ten and a half. Um, I okay, so the ten and a half does make me kind of suspect that that the Rogers is already a little bit baked into this. Because the Bills, I mean, they lost some defense, I believe. They lost Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I think they lost, uh, did they lose Jordan Poyer? Or did they sign him back? I can't remember. But another kind of key uh, position there, if they did lose him. Um, but other than that, I mean, to to drop it down, you know, one and a half games um, or two and a half games, do you do you think that that's mostly Aaron Rodgers, or did they get markedly worse? That I'm something I'm just not seeing here, or is like the over at one twenty five? I mean, that seemed like the reason that it's juice is because they expect them to win eleven games. Obviously, yeah. I mean, they got a little bit worse naturally, as you would expect when your quarterback is all of a sudden getting now a fifty plus million dollar cap hit, and I mean he's just making a ton of money. Uh, I fully expect Josh Allen to come back healthy. Um, I think we all knew about the arm issues that he was having last year. Uh, there was a bunch of next-gen stats that showed that his velocity was down about 7 to 8% uh, on his throws, which 7 or 8% may not seem like a whole lot, but when you're threading the needle like he does, um, it ends up making making that market difference. Uh, we saw on his deep balls how it didn't seem like he was cutting through the the air as well. Um, so I, I would say I'll be relatively comfortable taking the over on this one. 
Um, you look at the last three seasons, and I think it's 13, 11, and 13 in the, the win column uh, for Buffalo. Uh, you look at the fact that the Patriots, like, I, I don't know what to make of the Patriots right now. Yeah. Like I just want to, I just want to stay away from them because I have no clue what to expect. Um, Miami, like, does Tua get another concussion? I mean, if Tua gets another concussion, like, either they're in trouble. You know, I I never hope for any injuries, but Tua getting concussion, making the way for Mike White to start against the Jets, Aaron Rodgers twice, would be a pretty fun storyline to follow. I'd love to see Mike White beat Rodgers as a Jet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely would be a, a fun storyline to, to see. Um, obviously, at the dismay of Tua fans, at the dismay of Dolphin fans, because I think a lot of Dolphin fans know that Tua is is pretty much needed yeah. um, for them to, to have a chance. Um, so that is is definitely something to, to monitor. Um, obviously, Jalen Ramsey going there. He's not the corner he was when he was with Jacksonville, but he's still a very good corner. So you would think that that would help the defense out a little bit there. Overall, I think I would take the Bills over 10.5, and, and I'd feel pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, 11 games does not seem outside the possibilities when we're still – I mean, we're still talking about Josh Allen here, linking up with Stephon Diggs. They – they have the ability to win games, even if their defense got markedly worse, which it's it's definitely arguable that it it got definitely worse. I think it got a little worse is, is kind of an obvious thing. We'll see what they do to remedy that. But yeah, I think I'm with you. Uh, but yeah, talking about the the Dolphins, who they they have an interesting over under, I, I would say. And I again, this is the sort of tumultuous uh, relationship we have with the Dolphins when they have Tua uh, as their kind of make or break it guy. They are over under nine and a half. Uh, the nine and a half over is plus one ten, and the the under nine and a half is minus one thirty. You know, last year they were an inch away from from ten and seven, uh, but they ended up nine and eight. So. Look, this this obviously like the over nine and a half, I feel like is kind of an easy line to make because it's like, oh, if Tua gets a concussion or gets hurt, anything happens to Tua, then they are going well, well, well under 10 games. Um, So that's that's a big risk. And and almost speaks to me as like, you might as well just stay away from this one. I don't I don't think that smart money would be placed on on this kind of line but uh yeah what do you what do you think about the nine and a half yeah i 100 percent agree with that that with the injury risk of tua i mean it, it's just so hard to bet this line with any kind of confidence so i would 100 percent stay away yep uh, i think that one is fairly obvious so so we can move along here the patriots the patriots have an interesting one okay over under seven and a half over slightly more juice, but you know, 115 versus 105, not a huge difference there, almost even odds. I'd have to look back, but I don't, I mean, do you know when the last time Patriots had only seven wins or less? I feel like it's been a minute because <laughs> I think Mac Jones definitely won uh, more than that last year or the year before that, even. And I know last year he was eight and nine, uh, or the team was eight and nine, rather. 
Um, and I have to imagine before that. 2020, they had seven wins. Seven. Okay. That was the year Mac Jones was drafted, yeah? Was that 2021? Was that the Cam Newton experiment? That was, yeah, 2021 was the year that, that Mac was was a rookie. Got it. So, okay. Um, you know, when they tried to roll out the uh, uh, husk that was Cam Newton, they they had seven wins. This is another one, though, especially with, like, the news or, you know, not news, but rumor that, that they might trade Mac. I think you said it before, like, very, very tumultuous, uh, very, very risky to sort of predict anything that the Patriots are going to do. Uh, certainly tanking is not within, I think, Bill Belichick's, like, recipe book i i I just don't think that he is going to necessarily go out there and and lose games i think he's going to put his team in the best position to win but you know what does that mean if you have mac but no weapons or if you don't have mac and suddenly you're trying to roll bailey zappy out there i just i think this is another stay away for me but what do you think yep um i'm in lockstep with you uh there Corey, i think this is uh another stay away um definitely not a huge fan of that line not a huge fan of the offensive coordinator shift i mean i i am a huge fan but i'm not a huge fan for for stability purposes i'm a fan because i think bill o'brien's exponentially better of an offensive coordinator than a defensive coach in mean, not Patricia. having an offensive coordinator to speak of <laughs> Having yeah. one is better than not so, having one. <laughs> so I definitely think that that's, uh, I think it's an interesting line. Um, I definitely agree with the line that the Patriots are going to be the worst team in that division. Mm-hmm. Do I think that anybody in that division is going to have a top five pick? No. I don't think the Patriots are going to be that big, that, that bad. Do you think the Patriots are still the worst in the division if it's somehow Zach Wilson on the Jets? Honest question. If the Patriots keep Mac Jones and, and Zach Wilson is the starter. Yes, because well, whoa, whoa, wait. If Zach Wilson's the starter or if they don't get Aaron Rodgers. Because I very much think if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, they're gonna go try and find a free agent quarterback. That's fair. Um no, I'm interested to know if you think that if they if Zach Wilson is the starter, are they now the worst team in the AFC East? Yes, if Zach Wilson's the starter because nobody has any faith in Zach. Yeah. The team will not rally behind him. If the team gets behind and the team starts losing early, they're done. It's going to snowball into all kinds of bad things from the New York media. Okay, well, I mean, that takes us right to the Jets, <laughs> who uh, have an over-under of 9.5. Nine, uh, nine is juiced at 135. So, I mean, again, I already feel like the Rodgers trade expectation is kind of baked in there a bit. Because without him, I mean, we're ta- what are we talking about? Like five and a half without him. Um, so this, honestly, like this is what you're baking on then. Like you are baking on, do you really think that Aaron Rodgers is going to inevitably get traded to the Jets and be their starting quarterback? And with all the smoke that's out there and all the weirdness with it, I mean, man, I, I'll tell you right now, if it was... <sighs> if it was under nine and a half and just like a little more like 
positive, like maybe like 125, 130. I I might be taking that. I might be even taking it at 115, but certainly if it was a little little more plus money, I, I think that this is maybe a good bet to make just with all the weirdness. And then even if Rodgers goes there, are we really certain that in this division they walk away with 10 wins? I'm not I'm not so convinced. Yeah, I mean, I think you make some really good points. And then you also look at the fact of, you know, what all went down with Brady when he first went to Tampa Bay. So now you're having a Hall of Fame quarterback that's going to be going to a brand new team. They're going to have to readjust. They're going to have to figure out his timing with his wide receivers. I mean, obviously, Lazard is there. So he has that timing, that chemistry already kind of figured out. So there's that. But Garrett Wilson is the most important wide receiver on that team and does Brees Hall come back 100% right off the get um, for the season to start I mean it'd be a shame but I mean is he gonna get is is he gonna get kind of eased into the season I'd almost expect that like with with like Sala as as the head coach it almost makes me expect that just generally speaking from that like tree of coaching I tend to expect like a multi-RB roll out regardless but I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't just kind of i mean bam knight looked serviceable they still have uh what's his name uh michael carter michael carter yep uh who are I, I think both of them are serviceable they've both shown the ability to to be running backs they're not Brees hall but they can go out there and and do it but i think that that is a, a decline obviously from having a Brees hall active and on your team ready to go versus having a oh well at least we have Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter who Corey couldn't even remember his name for a second there uh so yeah I I think I'm with you I I kind of like it especially man this might be the time uh maybe you get kind of like egg on your face a bit if you if you place the under and then Aaron Rodgers does go there but maybe not maybe that maybe you caught the the good value there and they still get under 10 wins. Um, but certainly if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get traded there, which the the fact that that has a likelihood higher than 0% is pretty wild, but it does, and he could not go there. That could happen. And if he doesn't, then you are sitting really pretty uh, with that kind of value. All right. Uh, well, moving along from the AFC East, who had a lot of question marks, but, I mean, kind of so did the, uh, the AFC North. So... We'll see how many question marks are in the AFC South. Uh, going to the Houston Texans first at an abysmal over under five and a half. Uh, abysmal meaning like, oof, if they're only winning <laughs> uh, five or under games, that's, uh, I mean, can't expect too much, I guess, uh, from a team that was obviously one of the worst in the league last year. Um, they only had three wins. <laughs> so that that's not great. Uh, but they do have a high draft pick. Uh, they are obviously going to target a QB. Most analysts have like either Bryce Young or or maybe CJ Stroud going there. I actually haven't seen a lot of Anthony Richardson to the Texans, which is a little odd to me, um, considering we've seen him kind of being mocked number one to, to the Panthers. And then beyond that, it always seems like it goes CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. But uh, with that additional QB, though, you know, 
thinking about the team as a whole, you know, they, they, they lose Brandon cooks. Uh, hopefully they get John Mechie back from, from his kind of unfortunate situation. He, if he can return and, and be a guy that that's a good player beyond that. <laughs> I'm not sure, man. Uh, they don't have a lot that, that speaks out to me as being relatively interesting. Five and a half seems like a pretty sharp line. Like if the, you know, QB that they take pretty early will be uh, better than Davis Mills, then, you know, they could probably squeeze out two or three more games, two or three more wins. I would, I would, I would suspect, but like if they flop or even if the, the rookie QB needs some time, um, yeah, I mean, six games seems like that could be where they're at. Uh, but what what do you think? Do you have any strong opinions on the over-under here? Strong opinions? No. Opinions? Sure. I mean, I, Dalton Schultz is potentially going to lead this team in receptions and receiving yards. <laughs> That's pretty wild. So I, I think that says a whole heck of a lot right there. Um, I don't think that there is a early impact wide receiver to pair with whatever quarterback they go with. And who's to say, I mean, a lot of mock drafts that I've seen have them pairing a quarterback and a wide receiver, but who's to say that's actually how it plays out, what they actually end up doing. Um, And if whoever their quarterback is, which I still wholeheartedly think that it's going to be Bryce Young, if he doesn't have weapons, I mean, look, Alabama had one of their worst wide receiving crops in probably what a decade. Yeah. This past season. And, and Bryce tried to make it work. He did what he could to make it work. So if there's a guy that's a gamer that could try and figure it out and just kind of squeak them to five, six wins, like I I would fully expect Bryce to be that kind of guy that's going to be gritty enough to try and find a, a win or two here that you just don't expect. Yeah, that, that all makes sense. I, I do think that, you know, this is one where I, I probably just wouldn't, but if, you know, gun to my head, I had to choose here, I'd probably take the over uh, for all the reasons that you said, you know, if they, as long as they get a better <laughs> than Davis mills, or they were doing a weird thing last year with uh, mills and Driscoll. They were like doing a weird like two QB thing where they would like share snaps and like take turns. It was just weird, man. They were obviously like just kind of uh, a flailing for that uh, top three pick. But um, yeah, if if they can get something better than that, which I have to imagine if they somehow get CJ Stroud, great. They get Bryce Young, still better than what they had. Uh, they, I, I do think that yeah, it's it's probably likely that they can squeeze out two, three more wins. I'm not laying a bunch of money on it by any means, but that's the over is probably the bet to take here. Uh, probably before they draft the guy, because I imagine even though we can like project whoever to go there, once they actually make the selection, I I could see this jumping up a point. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if a quarterback really is the the pick and, and after the draft, I mean, I could see this jumping. I could, I could see this for some reason, moving to six. I don't think it moves a full a full point up to six and a half. But, I mean, at six, are you really going to take a season-long bet that is likely going to push? Yeah. I mean, it's just, disappoint- it's just disappointing at that point that you locked up the money for the entire season um, just to have it be a push. That's, that's a very good point. But moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. 
which yeah. I think is the really interesting one mm-hmm. because the offensive line started to get much better at the end of the season. The wide receiving core, Michael Pittman, I mean, still a very good wide receiver. Running back, obviously, JT coming back hopefully healthy. And they have a bunch of tight ends that don't inspire a ton of confidence, but have some upside. Yeah, they're guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, they're guys. That's, mm-hmm. that's a very fair way to put it. And then you have a wild card as an owner in Jim Irsay. <laughs> yeah, so, so true. What what exactly are they going to do? I mean, heck, they just paid Matt freaking gay. Yeah. five Over $5 million a year to be their kicker. Like they paid a kicker five million dollars a year. Go get that bag, baby. Which makes you makes you think that <laughs> they think that they're ready to compete. Right. Just they're trying to figure it out without a quarterback. And I mean, it's just not a proposition that I want to be on. Yeah, I still think, um, like it, you know, hard to you know see into the future here with this one. But to me, it's like a thing where if you have any sort of inclination that specifically this is the outcome for the Colts and they go and get, they go and get Lamar Jackson, which I think they might still be technically the favorites if he's not a Raven for him to land on the Colts. I still don't think that's super likely, but the Ursa factor is relevant (laughs) in the fact that he could do something absolutely nuts. It's, it's within the, the realm of possibilities, but if they don't get him and they do go with a rookie QB, unless his name is CJ Stroud or unless they take Anthony Richardson and he just grand slam hits, which he could, but maybe not. If if either of those outcomes don't happen, then like, yeah, Gardner Minshew leading this like kind of ragtag team of pseudo talented offensive pieces doesn't inspire much hope. Uh, or confidence to me uh, to get over six and a half. I mean, over six and a half is a pretty low number and it is juiced at minus 150. So like, obviously they are Vegas is thinking that this is going to be a pretty easy number for them to eclipse, man. I'm looking at that plus 125 though. And it's kind of interesting if I'm being honest, I, that's a pretty good value for a team that like, in my opinion, it's probably more likely that they're going to flounder around for another year and and not necessarily be a, a, a huge jump uh, from last year where they finished with four wins. Yeah, I, I think it'll be really interesting. I think this is a line that I'm going to stay away from for right now. I want to see what happens in the draft um, to be able to have that all play out. And if the number shifts, I mean, I, I missed it. I'm not going to be all that frustrated with myself over it because just process play tells me that they're too big of a wild card to be betting this early. I kind of feel not, not in the same way that they're wild card, but I feel in sort of the same way that like, this is a line that is probably pretty good. And especially when it's over nine and a half for the Jacksonville Jaguars um, at minus minus one forty. Like I, I think they probably nailed that. I see positive regression, uh Trevor Lawrence takes another step wouldn't be uh it at all a surprise to me um he gets Calvin Ridley another year to gel and acclimate um they started to see you started to see flashes even like kind of some defensive playmakers step up 
there. Um, I don't think they're getting worse by any means. They had nine games last year that they won. So I wish I could take the over nine and a half, uh, but at minus 140, I, I probably just, again, stay away from this one. Don't really see the value. Yeah, that, that's also where I'm sitting. Like, I think that they're going to hit the over nine and a half. But on the off chance that something happens to Trevor, uh, on the off chance that ETN goes down or something of that nature, um, then I think that there's a chance that they could potentially squeak out with nine. I also think that there's a real situation where a team only needs to win eight games to win this division which is terrifying to think about. Yeah. So so the, the the way to play it in my mind is one of two ways. Either you're going to have the Jaguars that hopefully scoop up a bunch of easy wins against their division. And they come in and they just throttle their division. You know, they go 4 and, four and 2 or something like that in in the division. Or they end up playing down to their competition. Mm. They get a little bit ahead of themselves. And all of a sudden, they go three and three or two and four in the division. They lose games they're not supposed to. Um, but yeah, on, on your point, Evan Ingram's back. Calvin Ridley's coming back. Now, how long is Calvin Ridley going to have and take to knock off the rust uh, after being out for multiple years? That still needs to be seen. Um, do I think Doug Peterson's an incredible coach? Yes. Do I think I can very easily see the path for him to get to 10 wins? Yeah. Pretty much, uh, pretty much agree with you there. This one I think is, is also very interesting. And, and, you know, you being boots on the ground in Tennessee, I want to get your opinion on the Titans, the over under seven and a half, pretty much even odds here, minus one Oh five plus one Oh five. And like you were saying earlier, I mean, when we were talking about the trade up to three, like, for all intents and purposes, they are trending in the direction that the Titans are going to try to go out there and and compete and and try to be the winner winners in their division and and try to go out there and and not do anything crazy and kind of beat the drum with Tannehill. Like seven and a half in this division feels doable. Let's see. I mean, they finish. I mean, they got seven last year. In my mind, they didn't get markedly worse. Uh, I, I think this is a, a doable line. I don't think I would bet the under, so I I, I do think I would take the over here. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to win games on their defense. Uh, Harold Landry should be coming back as well. They didn't have him for all of last season. Uh, so Pro Bowl defensive uh, defensive end, outside linebacker, edge rusher in a in a three four defense, and I think that's going to make a big big push. Um, I think that the secondary has a chance to continue to gel and get a little bit better. Um, then you look at the fact Andre Dillard, a failed first round pick for the Eagles, uh, now comes in. So, I mean, they're at least trying to do something about the offensive line. So there's that. I mean, they, they lost one of their guards, one of their better guards, uh, to the bears, uh, this off season. So, I mean, that's tough. Um, and losing Nate, Nate Davis. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's doable. Um, do I think it's going to be ugly? Yeah, probably. But do I see Vrabel giving up and throwing in the towel 
no, he's he's going to absolutely ride his guys. He's going to go on the fact that he has King Henry. He's going to potentially ride him into the ground. And he's going to ride Tannehill out. And he knows what Tannehill is, which is a quarterback that is just going to be there. Like, he's not a guy that you're going to be able to trust to throw the ball 40 times a game. They're going to have to win on Rex Ryan football, as I like to call it. Defense, defense, defense. Run, run, run. You look at Traylon Burks. Like, does Traylon Burks take a step forward? I, I mean, so. it, it would be great. Great. It would be great to see it. Um, are they going to go offensive line in the draft? Are they going to go offensive lineman heavy? You know, are they going to take guys that have a run blocking focus? Uh, like a Sirens of Torrance and just look at a, a Mauler on the offensive line, you know, to try and really push and really solidify the the run game to be able to win them, win them games that are, you know, those 17 to 14 type games. Yeah. Those ugly, ugly games um, or the 16 to 13 type of games. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of those type of games that are played this year. Yeah, it does feel like they will. I mean, they will have to rely on their defense. Like they just, Derrick Henry, and if Traylon Burks can take a step forward, awesome. But other than that, literally, that that offense is so anemic. They they just they have nothing else. Um, I actually really hope for their sake that they, you know, land some sort of like day three, like round three or four running back to be behind Henry. That's actually like serviceable. Could take some of the load. I hope that they, like you know, maybe take a a tight end. Uh, even though I think Chig is pretty good, I, I think that they would love to have someone else, especially to help on that line, help block. Um, so those would be great signings. Other than the O line, that obviously would be nice to see. Uh, in addition to what they have, but um, yeah, I think if I'm betting here, probably the over. Sounds like you're the same. Um, so let's, let's move into, let's move into the AFC West. I know time's getting short here, but you know, there's, there's definitely some, some lines to talk about, um, trying to make it a little, little on the quicker side though, for your sake, because I know you must be getting sleepy over there. Uh, (laughs) so let's start with the Broncos, uh, over and under eight and a half, pretty even odds. This is where I feel like we'll have some room here to, to differ, because I suspect you're probably either stay away or over. I'm, I think I'm under. Uh, and purely for me, I think it's uh, the matter of can Sean Payton come in there and fix everything. I'm just, I just don't think I'm convinced. Uh, or if he can fix things, does it lead to you know four more wins, five more wins than they had last year? whatever the total was, I, I don't know. Um, I think that their defense is, is kind of mid, maybe a little overrated. Um, and I think obviously Russ stinks and I have to think that forever. Uh, but r- real talk, like I, I honestly do think that Russ has regressed like crazy um, in a very negative way. I think that his like trick uh, magic act uh, scrambling ability is just going to keep declining and I don't trust him as a pure pocket passing guy. Um, you know, not that Jared Stidham was a, a signing of any sort of importance, but 
maybe it was a little more important than people might realize where I, I just, I don't know. I'm not convinced and I might just be a hater, but they don't have a lot of capital to play with this year because they gave it all to the Hawks. And I think that, you know, probably a stay away overall because I think eight is kind of a sort of good, easy number, but especially considering their division, again, gun to my head, I think I'm pushing under here. Yeah, uh, I have them projected for eight and nine. So I I think Sean Payton comes in and fixes a little bit with that offense. You look at the, the offensive signings uh, and you get Mike McGlinchey, who isn't above average uh, right tackle. They paid him a lot, in my opinion, to be an above average right tackle. But I, I definitely don't think he is a star right tackle. I think he is an above average right tackle. Uh, then you get Ben Powers on the interior of the offensive line. I think that was a pretty good signing. Um, so definitely interested to see how that offensive line gels together. And then you have Tim Patrick coming back uh, as the third wide receiver for him. Obviously, there's the smoke screens about uh, Sutton and Judy potentially getting traded. So if one of those guys gets traded, I think it really shakes up the the offense. Uh, Javante Williams is coming back. I think Javante is going to start out relatively slow this season, uh, kind of like what we saw out of JK last year. Um, and I think he's going to really come on at the end of the season, but it may be too little too late uh, for them to be able to pull something together. I do think the defense is once again going to be good. I think they're going to be a top 10 defense in the league. Um, so a top third defense in the league. But can the offense score enough points? Uh, and can the defense continue to perform at the high level, uh, especially going against that division where you have to play the Chiefs and the Chargers? Yeah. that's i mean that's terrifying to me it's tough that is tough uh okay well yeah it does it sounds like we're pretty much like a meh on this line uh you have them right around you know eight nine so makes sense uh moving on to the chiefs uh over under 11 and a half same odds minus 110 another pretty good line i think even with their i mean coming off of a 14 win uh, season last year very impressive didn't lose much lost juju uh orlando brown obviously like not not a great loss there but other than that i mean as long as patrick mahomes is playing patrick mahomes football i feel like 11 12 13 wins is in the cards uh so i i think i'm over here um do you, do you have a an opinion otherwise yeah i i think i'm slightly over once again this is one of those lines that like I said, the 11 and a half lines, I'm just kind of waiting on. Um, I'm not going to get ahead of my skis on them um, mm. and take them. I think it's pretty pretty even money, uh, minus 110 on both sides right now. Uh, I definitely want to see how things progress throughout the offseason. I have a very hard time believing that they're going to bump this uh, up. I think 11 and a half is just too juicy that they're going to try and attract um, enough guys and enough uh, betters in the potential that something goes wrong on that team this year. Uh, and it's finally the year that they kind of implode. Do I think that that's actually going to happen? No, probably not. I mean, whenever Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are together, it's yeah. just pure magic. And to think that they only need to win 12 games. So realistically they go and look at that. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, they can, they can easily do it in my opinion. I mean, we're talking about a 12 and five team. Yeah. 
I, I agree with you. I think it's definitely doable. I, I, you know, uh, it, it's a good line, but I'm not necessarily like in a rush to to put some money there. But I, I think I might end up doing it because, yeah, the, like you said, I mean, they they're certainly capable of it just with Mahomes and Reed alone. But you know, also some younger wide receivers that could take another step in Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, see if they draft a guy to add onto the offense, uh, or you know, probably do the right thing and add on to the defense a bit. But yeah, I, I certainly see that that number being within the cards for them for over. Interesting one is the Chargers at nine and a half. I feel like, uh, you know, they they basically just got over this with with ten wins last year. The expectation, right, is that Herbert is going to keep moving up. He had a little bit of like a faltery year last year, especially like I feel like at the start he had a kind of kind of a slower start. Um, didn't help that you know it was a tandem of injuries between. Oh, Keenan Allen's hurt. Okay, Keenan Allen's back, but now Mike Williams is hurt. And, you know, to me, you would hope that they can stay healthier this year, but they're also not getting younger. And so they've already, both players have started to show a propensity for getting injured. So I don't think you can project his his top weapons being healthy for 17 games. Uh, and beyond those two guys, I mean, I think Eckler might be a piece of the puzzle here. He requested a trade, not been much uh, on that. But I think if you believe that Eckler will be traded or, you know, not a charger and they have to sort of deal with either a rookie or a free agent or try to put the the workload on Joshua Kelly's back, which I don't think is a great idea. Uh, I could see an argument for the under here would be would be tough, I think. I mean, with with the level of talent that that Herbert has alone. And still, I mean, every year we talk about the Chargers having this like on paper great defense and it just never really pans out for them. Uh, might also go back to the coaching a bit there. At, at minus 105, I'm almost liking the under here a bit. But but what do you think? Yeah, um, once again, I think this is a, a stay away line for me. Yeah. Last year, I was very I was very heavy on the Chargers and it definitely burnt me. It, yeah. it definitely burnt me. Yeah, same. So I think I'm a little gun shy um with them this year because of that i also think that we've watched this team have so many injuries year in and year out you you look at bosa you look at derwin james like those are your two stars on your defense and they both have just missed too much time for me to feel really good about it then you look at the two star wide receivers in keenan allen and mike williams and they've both missed too much time for me to really feel comfortable with it. And then on top of it, you have Austin Eckler out here requesting a trade. Yeah. I mean, if, if Austin Eckler is not on that offense, I mean, Eckler's a 18 to 20 touchdown guy. That That's a lot of touchdowns to be losing from your offense that now Herbert needs to either put on his arm and throw the ball 50 times a game or they need to use their draft capital to be able to go get a, a high value running back, which, yeah, I mean, you can make the argument, okay, now you're having a running back on a rookie contract, so it's valuable, but you're losing Austin Eckler, you're bringing in a rookie that's an unknown, and on top of it, you're using high draft capital to be able to get that rookie running mm-hmm. back instead of being able to use that high draft capital to go and address something else on your team, go address a three, four defensive end or 
another D tackle or a corner um, to backfill in some of your guys that have been injured. Um, you look at Asante Samuel Jr. and you look at Michael Davis, like those are JC Jackson. Like those are not guys that are the picture of health. Um, so I think there's just too many questions around this team uh, for me to really feel comfortable putting the over at nine and a half. So for that, I would stay away. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. I think to sub up the chargers, I mean, we could see anything happen in the next few years that, that changes my mind on this, but this almost just feels like chargers cursed stay away. <laughs> like for the most part, especially when it comes to win totals. Cause yeah, man, only other team that comes to mind with the amount of bad injury luck is like the 49ers. Just not, not good situation when you're losing that many stars year over year. Uh, and last and probably least is the, is the Las Vegas Raiders at over under seven and a half. Uh, seven and a half is plus money at 120. Uh, the under is minus 140. And look, I mean, we've talked about the rest of the division. It is it is stacked. And with Jimmy G at the helm and the Raiders having probably, again, a putrid offense, as they like to do in recent memory, kind of hard for me to believe that they're going to get over eight wins, which is kind of evidenced by the plus money here on seven and a half. At minus 140, it's kind of tough, um, but it feels pretty safe. Uh, it feels like a, a relatively safe bet to make. It's hard for me to lay like money on that kind of juice, but but yeah, how do you feel about the seven and a half? Oh yeah, I have no problem laying money on that kind of juice. Okay, I I very much think that they're a five win team this year. Oh okay. I I think Josh Jacobs gets very frustrated with the fact that he got franchise tagged. Um, I think he is a little lackadaisical this year. I think he definitely has a, a down year for his perspective. Uh, I think Jacoby Myers is a fine receiver, but the amount that they paid him, yeah. I think, was comparatively of what they think he's going to produce. Um, just it won't work out. Hunter Renfro is in all right slot. Um, had a really bad year last year. Comparatively, I think the offensive line is still very bleh. Um, I don't think it's anything special by any means. Austin Hooper is now your starting tight end. Yeah. Uh, I have major, major questions about that. So it just seems to me like it's uh, Jimmy G to, to Tay Adams. And I mean, Tay should be able to get 140 targets. If he doesn't get 140 targets, I'm very much wondering what the Raiders are doing. Um, and with that being said, I just this defense yeah that the, the defense is the, is the issue like the offense the offense is very just meh just mm-hmm. non-inspiring to me but the the defense just i look at it and i'm just like who who is that guy on the defense and i look at it and i say chandler jones and max crosby and they didn't create nearly enough pressure last year so if they're not going to create the pressure they're not going to be able to get to Herbert. They're not going to be able to get to Russ. They're not going to be able to get to Mahomes. And if you let any three of those, any all three of those guys, I mean, they're just going to start dissecting you. It is pretty wild to me the uh, like one and a half games like on top of their six win total from last year. 
like what <laughs> i don't is that a jimmy g is better than Derek carr argument because i don't i'm not buying that <laughs> yeah if, if people think jimmy g is better than Derek carr i got some some questions <laughs> for him yeah i've got some tape to to show you yeah i don't know that's yeah okay i feel it i i i do agree with you i think it's a, a pretty safe uh bet to make especially if there's like any sort of weird like if they draft a qb jimmy g gets hurt and they bring in like at that point unless they like super like hard trade up they're probably like winding up with a will levis could be pretty raw could could be a yeah a four or five win team pretty easily at that point so okay yeah i think you convinced me there and that yeah that takes us to the the end of the teams for the afc and their win totals i think the plan is next week if all like kind of looks uh in the cards we're we're gonna go ahead and and do the nfc next and uh that'll that'll also be a fun exercise i actually really enjoyed this uh in terms of like not only did it give us a really good idea of where we kind of have the teams as they stand before the draft. But like, it was also a nice rundown for me of like remembering what certain teams have done so far in the off season, kind of like, you know, you, you hear all these news and blurbs uh, over the course of, of the last few months and they kind of like some of it gets washed away and you can't retain all of it, but having the good rundown here puts it kind of all in perspective. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, just to do a quick recap. You know the the ones for myself that I'm that I'm looking at right now um, are. I mean the ones that we are betting on together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be Baltimore under eight and a half. Uh, betting that Lamar has played his last game there, yeah. uh, taking the plus money at plus one twenty. Uh, the Steelers at over eight and a half at minus one fifteen. Feel comfortable on that one. The Buffalo Bills over ten and a half at minus one twenty five. The Titans over seven and a half at minus one hundred five, and then the Raiders under seven and a half at minus one forty. Uh, yeah, thank you for the the tips, and I'll go ahead and enter these bets tonight, and then we'll uh, we'll ride together off into the sunset when they all hit. Wonder what an odds would be for a five leg parlay here. I don't know, but that that would be, yeah, <laughs> worth the dollar maybe. Well, I, I was gonna say, let, let's see, looking at it, plus one twenty, plus or minus one fifteen, minus one twenty five. Minus 105, minus 140. That should put you around 16, 17 to 1. Look at you, mathlete. I, th- I, I, think, I think that would put you around there. Hey, I mean, <laughs> I'll, uh, you know, some, some things I like to do on bets that I'm not sure about is I just, I put them in like to my, uh, my betting app and I just kind of like see what it looks like and then I just leave it there for a few days and think about it. So maybe I'll do that with this one. But uh, yeah, hopefully next week uh, we we have Eric back uh, and or a guest if we uh, can't get Eric uh, and we can go over the NFC win totals and that'll be a a fun exercise uh, for the same reasons it was tonight. Yep, very much looking forward to it, Corey.
Definitely, man. Well, hey, thanks for uh, joining me tonight. And uh, as always, I'll, I'll let you know as soon as the episode's out. And uh, yeah, yeah, good show, man. Happy to see you again. It's been a while, dude. It's it's been a while. Yeah, I don't think my uh, I don't think my feet have recovered from Disney, <laughs> and I don't think my body's recovered from not being on vacation. Do you did but, you uh, do the uh, do they still have these the like big massage cha- like the vibrating massage chairs that you put your feet on? Like you know, do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, yeah, you can still find them around. Yeah, do you get down on those at all? Uh, no. Usually, I just go find some Asian woman and oh. tell them to rub my feet at a at a spa or something. Yeah, you know, go go get a foot massage or a reflexology mm. or something like that. Look, I'll, I'll I'll drop I'll drop my forty bucks for thirty minutes or twenty minutes, whichever whatever it is, you know. I've had those uh, big vibrating massage things before too, and it it really just makes your feet feel fuzzy for for a few minutes, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't do much else. So you're you're probably spending your money a little more wisely, uh, having a, a professional get that done for you. But uh, yeah, hope hope hopefully you find uh, your your Asian lady to uh, to get those feet all all back to 100% before the next app because I know you're gonna obviously need your your feet to podcast. Oh yeah, very much so. I need them. I need them to do my job, and I need them to podcast. So, you know, my feet are super important. Hundred percent. I mean, the, what the viewers do, or the listeners don't know is that like we are constantly just jogging in place as we do the app. Really uh, helps out with the cardio. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you hear us huffing and puffing during the middle of it, you know, yeah. where we're just trying to stay in shape, trying to keep up our cardio, you know. Well, that's what that's what takes me the most time editing is editing all of our our huffs and puffs out of the podcast so it sounds like we're not running even though we totally are oh man all right man but i know it's getting late for you so this is about the time right when i start descending into madness and just talking about nothing is is the time we need to call it quit so uh i've had a chili cooking for the last 12 hours so i'm gonna go dip into that and and you enjoy chili it is a bison and bacon chili Ooh. yeah okay pretty excited about it so I'm gonna get in on that. All right. Uh, you get any cornbread with it? Ugh, that's why'd you have to do that to me? I don't have cornbread, but I <sighs> freaking want some now. <sighs> you know, I made a huge batch, so I'll just go pick up some. I'll, I'll pick up some stuff to make cornbread tomorrow, and I'll have that for leftovers. There you go. 